heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a June 20th Tuesday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places these days, Real GM, AP, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host of Locked On Blazers here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find a wide variety of shows, NBA, NFL. Nobody can do it like we do it. The NBA channel just did the locked on NBA mock draft and uh, that was a lot of fun Uh, you can listen to the trades the fake trades that I made the picks that I made the fake picks that I made Uh, maybe a little bit of a you know, I, I think I, I made a good deal, but obviously, given light of, of recent news, maybe there's better deals out there than the ones I made. But before we get there, the Locked On Podcast Network is continuing to grow, and we are looking for a sales manager to join the team, to join the fastest growing network out there. And if you want to join our team on the Locked On Podcast Network, Send an email to LockedOnPodcast at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in joining the Locked On Podcast Network as a sales manager to help us keep growing. So, uh, as I mentioned, light of recent news, my gosh, you know, here we were. The NBA season was over just last week. We're thinking, hey. You know, we'll pack it up. It's going to be lax. You know, drafts coming around the corner. Maybe some maybe some interesting stuff will pop off at the draft. No. Stuff will pop off now is what the NBA says. And it started on over the weekend on Friday, I believe it was, when the uh, reports started to trickle out, first with Mark Stein of ESPN, who – is out here grinding still, doing getting scoops, even though uh, you know, and beating guys to the punch. So shout out to Mark Stein for for getting the scoop on that Philly Boston trade, uh, which was made officially official yesterday, uh, where the Philadelphia 76ers traded for the number one pick. And the Boston Celtics traded out of the number one spot to get the number three pick in this draft on Thursday. Uh, lots of speculation as to who the player that they prefer might be, but we know that it's not Markel Fultz uh, because 
According to Danny Ainge, the player that they would have taken at th- at one is probably going to be available at three, which is, you know, interesting given Boston's draft record uh, in, in years past, I would say. That's just, uh, they nailed Jalen Brown, I will say that. They got Jalen Brown was a solid pick last year, uh, a very good selection. Uh, I will say at number three last year in a in a really awful draft, what it, what the 2016 draft turned out being, but other than that, you know, uh, Boston's draft track record hasn't really been that great. Think of all of the guys pretty much on the Boston Celtics team right now that are helping them win games. I think only two of them were drafted by the Celtics. You know, Bradley and 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 Marcus Smart. Uh, if I'm if I'm forgetting one, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, they also they didn't just swap picks; they got a future first round pick, which is a heavily protected Lakers pick. But if that doesn't convey, then that is going to become a Sacramento Kings pick in 2019, which is the pick that the uh, Kings acquired in. It just sounds more ridiculous the, the 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 further we get away from it for the Nick Stauskas Jason Thompson salary dump uh, a couple of years ago when the Kings decided that they needed to create room to sign Rondo and Marco Bellinelli and Costa Kufus uh, they did all of that and uh, gave a pick for it and now that pick is uh, you know that pick is Markel Fultz now. Uh, the, 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 those assets ended up getting Markel Fultz for the Sixers. So props to the Sixers for getting a point guard that, uh, really, you know, fits what they need to do moving forward and just huge and huge news. Uh, I, I, I have, uh, it, it just, that kind of got us going. And then after that trade, and I, I actually, I obviously have my opinions too on on Boston getting more and more picks. When it seems like Fultz, you know, a lot of a lot of folks look at Fultz as the best prospect in a, in a few years uh, at number one. But um, that what the Philly Boston trade uh, I think signifies for us over here is that that kind of got the ball rolling on the NBA market. And then as soon as that trade went through, things started to go bananas and that continued yesterday. Uh, and uh, it also on Sunday with, with, with Paul George letting the uh, Pacers know that he's not going to resign with them after next season, that he prefers the Lakers according to Adrian Wojnarowski. And that has uh, kicked off something of a bidding war. Uh, people around the league think he's going to be gone, but uh, before the before the next season. But we, you never know. You never know what trades end up materializing, what uh, teams are comfortable offering for what a situation that seems like a rental. Uh, and and we'll get into what Portland could offer, uh, and and whether they will offer because I think. Uh, not just myself analyzing the situation and given, you know, Portland's uh, recent struggles to keep free agents, but also there have been reports that, you know, they just may not want to pony up what Indiana desires 
ultimately uh, for Paul George at risk of, you know, mortgaging the future uh, and having zero guarantee whatsoever that he's going to resign. But, um, hey, uh, it it's it's it matters. It's a real thing. I, I think that uh, too many times uh, th- this is a real thing because to what extent how real it is we don't know but i am also not going to sit here and be like and and pretend like i know it's not gonna happen and so that's the approach that i'm taking because the nba marketplace is ridiculous it doesn't make any sense what you think someone's worth is almost never what they're actually worth they the, the things change constantly and i thought you know after a crab had to have the surgery or what have you uh that maybe he would be undesirable but maybe teams feel like his foot's going to be fine that they're not worried about it and and maybe they're interested but maybe that is what could hold it up or we don't know what's holding it up but I, i if you look at the asking price which according to multiple reports is a starting player is what the the the, the Pacers are interested in the Pacers want a starting player and two first round picks portland has three first round picks a bunch of overlapping skill sets and guys that don't get enough minutes on their current team two in particular that stand out crab and turner who get paid a lot of money around the ballpark number of what george makes to make a trade happen so that is reason number one Turner not probably interested he was in Indiana and they didn't resign him so Turner we're going to exit him out of this conversation even you could package together Aminu and Harkless and and get there uh that's another option would that uh be a little bit tougher on Portland cap wise because you you know you're exchanging two players for the price of one and, and those are two really good contracts moving forward that you don't want to lose. But uh, he's Paul George. Uh, and I guess uh, the question becomes, what are you comfortable giving up? How do you make the money work? How many players would you involve in the trade? Because there are a, a lot of different avenues, again, for Portland to make a trade happen. Uh, they... They have a lot of guys that have the requisite salary once you once you team up those salaries to make a trade happen. Uh, I, I, I think it, it's kind of it's hard to overlook that uh, that that they that they have that. You know, another theoretical trade that could work could be Harkless and, and Myers Leonard for Paul George. I, I, obviously, that. Um, would require the the Pacers to be into George and also the Blazers to be out on Myers. But, uh, you know, obviously with the depth at the center position, the fact that there's a bunch of good bigs in this draft and Portland has three picks and will probably at least keep one uh, would make it seem like they they would pick another big to replace Myers. And that would be a pretty easy thing to replace i suppose but you know uh in terms of just filling those spots on the roster but i'm not going to i'm, I'm not going to take a defeatist attitude on this or just a, a pessimistic nothing is going to happen attitude on this because we just don't know what, what what's out there and and but we do know that the pacers are looking to deal george they have very little leverage and whatever the offer is 
I'm just going to guess that when the final offer does come out, everyone's going to be like, wow, that's all it took to get Paul George. Uh, Kevin Pritchard, GM now running the show in Indiana, of course, used to run the show in Portland. And there are totally lots of real, legit concerns or questions about whether Pritchard would want to deal with the Blazers given that they fired him, given that Paul Allen fired him a couple of years ago on draft night and made him work through the draft. Uh, And and he did that uh, a while ago now, I guess it was. Um, But, you know, there's a little bit of that history there. So would Kevin Pritchard be willing to work with the Blazers? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know KP personally. I don't know... Paul Allen, personally, at the same time, the NBA front offices and GMs and 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 all the front office personnel, they all ma- manage to get along pretty well. It seems like they all it's all kind of uh, it's all one big club, so to speak. Uh, and so maybe I, I have. Maybe if it's just those two guys dealing, maybe maybe it's not as big of a deal. But uh, at the same time, I could totally see Pritchard having that personal competitive uh, desire not to want to help the team that fired him. And and you also see those kind of beefs come up. There was a, a report from Adrian Wojnarowski the other day when he was on Dan Patrick saying that 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 Larry Bird doesn't want to trade Paul George to the Lakers because he doesn't want to help the Lakers because he still has that animosity towards the Lakers. And so uh yeah, you can never you can never underestimate the 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 power that these personal scores might have. And I'm not the only one talking about uh Blazers and Paul George on podcasts. We had uh yesterday also uh one of my favorite, if not my favorite, podcast duo uh, to listen to. We, Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz were talking about it. And uh, Kevin Arnovitz has been on uh, the Neil O'Shea beat for years. So if anyone knows how he thinks and, and uh, it, it, out there in the media, it probably is him. And not to say that Arnovitz on Zach Lowe's podcast was speaking for Neil Olshea, but uh, I, I know that he he's covered he's covered Olshea for a long time, dating back to to his Clipper years. So uh, you know he he knows it well, and he obviously knows the league really well, and knows a lot of people around the league. And I think he probably also has a, a good gauge of what Portland's assets are worth. And just on the simple basis, you know, one of the things he pointed out is that you know Crab gets you there in terms of salary. And now it just the question is 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 Crab uh, a palatable shooting guard of the future for the the Indiana Pacers and I think he could be a player that could really shine in a starting role. I I I think he needs that to really take the next step in his evolution as a player. I I I I think that the role that he has currently in Portland having to share the floor uh, and share shots and 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 all that stuff I, I I think it it cost him a lot early in the year he improved a lot but 
they they need or he needs I think a bigger role to be more involved to have the ball more to shoot the ball more and then I think it, if he gets a little bit more involved and has a little bit more skin in the game I I think that he will you know be a better defender be a little bit more attentive on that end and and, and just be incentivized to give a little bit more because then you know the the, the bigger role he has the more uh, of the responsibility that will fall on him and the more urgency I think he will have uh, in a different situation. Now, the, you know, that didn't, that's uh, not what you want to hear when uh, he's your guy and he's playing for your team. But, uh, I, you know, these guys are human. He signed a, a contract like a starting shooting guard last summer. And uh, I, I think he wanted to be treated like one is, is how I... You know, he didn't say that, but this is kind of how I, I, I read the situation. And, hey, uh, I, I think the the first-round picks are another discussion. Uh, you know, what does Portland give up? Do they give up 15 and 20? Do they give up 20 and 26? 15 and 26, uh, do they try and do one of their picks in this draft and promise them a future first, and then that way they can still draft multiple guys? Uh, th- these are all legit questions, but I, I I made a trade on the Locked On Mock Draft with uh, one of the draft picks. Not in, in, in our mock world, Paul George wasn't on the table. If Paul George is on the table for two first-round picks and Alan Crabb, I think you should do it, even if it's just a rental, because the worst case that happens is Paul George leaves, and then you dump the final two years of Crab's salary at, uh, you know, you know, it was almost what almost forty million dollars you get to save if you if Crab or if if George walks, which you know it, it seems likely that he will. However. He does want to play for the Lakers is what he says, but he also wants to compete for a championship and not to say that Portland will compete for a championship and and no one outside of Golden State is in the West. The bar is so, so high, but if you're Portland and you look at yourself and you say, if we add Paul George, could we win a round, win two rounds and maybe make it to the conference finals? I'm not sure, but... I think you got to, if that deal is there, now I'm not supposing that that deal is there, but if you don't believe that actually playing with Lillard and McCollum would be an opportunity to get one of these guys to stay, then I guess I'm just a little confused about what the Blazers are waiting on and who the Blazers are waiting on because the asking price for Jimmy Butler is way too high because he has an extra year left on his contract and it's a lot higher than, than, than the asking price for Paul George. And this is why you accumulate the assets. This is, this is why you try to, this is why you signed all these players. This is why you acquired those picks Dame and CJ are entering their prime right now, and 
they have been <laughs> campaigning all summer that they want to play with him. And they're, they know that he has one year left on his contract. They know that they are going to have to work hard to sell him on Stain. And they know that, you know, he is a bigger star nationally. I, he's got his own Nike shoe and, and, and is in Gatorade commercials. But, you know, Dame is, is kind of on that level, too, with the signature shoe and TV commercials. And Dame... I don't think Paul George has ever played with a player like Damian Lillard. And I don't think he's ever played with a player like CJ McCollum. And I just, I don't know what the, what they're waiting for if they aren't able to make a George deal happen. Now I'm not Neil Olshay. I don't have to think about job security. I'm not hearing all these other offers and I'm not hearing everything else, but just on the surface, it seems like the the Paul George rental move, in my opinion, it, it seems worth it because what they need to take a risk at some point, and I don't think that you know, maybe maybe we're wrong, maybe but but I I don't think I am on this that of all the players that they signed last year, I don't think any of them are going to become stars. I don't think Crab's going to become a star. I don't think Turner's going to become a star. Yeah, Turner's old already. Uh, Harkless has the most upside. Still really can't create his own shot. Like, this is... And, and he's been in the league for like five years. And maybe maybe he continues to get better. And he is very young. But I, I, I when, when are they going to make... When is the move going to happen? And I don't see any other opportunity presenting itself but then again we didn't see this george opportunity present itself but still uh, they need help at the wing they have been going through this rotating carousel of wings paul george doesn't want to play the four we know that he wouldn't have to in portland i think they could figure out ways to have him not play the four they could play turner at the four I just, I feel like they, they, if if they're not making a move for George, and we hear whatever that final George deal ends up being, I have a feeling that we're going to be a little angry, or at least I'm going to be a little angry, at the hypothetical deal that the Blazers could have done. And it just seems like the asking price right now, two firsts and a starting player, is actually in the ballpark of where Portland can make a deal for him and not give up CJ McCollum, which is a much more important part of their future. So even if worst case scenario, he walks at the end of next year and you bring him in, you've opened up some cap space for the future. Maybe you make another move and, and, and you also have young players. If, if, if you develop right and, and make your pick right in the draft uh, to, to, to build a team moving forward. And, in terms of the the big long term view, you're you're looking at the Blazers and you say, okay, well they're in the same conference as Golden State. What chance do they actually have? But the unfortunate thing about the Warriors' ascent right now is it's happening right as Dame and CJ are entering their prime, and you're not going to be able to just say, hey, we're, we can't. You're not going to be able to say, hey, you know, we're not going to go for it. Those guys have to go for it now. Like, this is their time. And Nurkic is is young. 
He sometimes gets injured, and you don't know how healthy he's going to be. He's on a cheap contract. You're going to have to extend him maybe, but this is kind of a big time here. And and, and Nurkic is young, but he's a big man. He's dealt with injuries, and we never know with with big guys. So it it seems like this would be a time to make a move, a, a time to take a risk. Um it, I, I guess it all just depends on on what Neil feels he has to do if uh, and what the market is. But uh, it really seems like uh, on paper, given the reports which only tell part of the story, it seems like Portland has the, the pieces to make a deal. And if I'm them, if I'm a, a team that they don't believe they can get free agents. They don't believe they can do big things like that in free agency. What other opportunity are you going to have to get a player like Paul George, man? Like Paul George, he's legitimate all-star, has gone toe-to-toe with LeBron James in, in the conference finals, hits big shots, averaged a ton of points in the first round of the final or the first round of the playoffs, almost beat the Cavs in one of the games on the road. I mean, he's Paul George, and 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 I don't maybe you know the Lakers thing is the Lakers thing is scaring people off, and I get that, but the Lakers are a joke, and and maybe the Lakers will pony up the stuff to to get him, but Portland also has stuff to get him, and there's going to be no better sales pitch. I'm sorry, you know I I I I'm sure that it, I don't know how how it is to be in a well I do. I know how it is to to be in a room with Neil Olshay, but you're telling me that there's going to be a better sales pitch than Dame and CJ playing with those two guys together. I I don't think there's any better pitch. You can't, there's no way to sell that in a, in a, in a meeting. You, you can only, if, if you know what it is like to play with them, then maybe that is the best pitch. And if he wants to leave after that, forget it. But there's no better pitch in my opinion than actually playing on the team with Damon CJ and in the city. And maybe he doesn't want to feel the pressure of being in a market like Portland that is pretty excited about their team. And it's the only team here, but the pressure is going to be extremely high for the Lakers as well. So I, I don't see any way around it, but at least it's his home. But I think, you know, if the trade is there, if it's crab and two firsts, Harkless and, and and someone else and two firsts, uh, Aminu Harkless. You know, may, I think you you really think long and hard about it because and and I think they should they should do it because, uh, what are you waiting for? This is the only chance that they're gonna have to get a player like this. And for me, uh, you know, you would mortgage a little bit of your future by giving up first round picks and, and, and especially if it, if it involves Aminu and Harkless giving away two really nice contracts that help your books and two guys that really help your team. But that's what it's going to cost to get Paul George. And, and, and they, I just don't see any other avenue for them to ever add a player like this. And it, it just, it, I, I think it, it seems like the, the right move to do, but this is why teams negotiate. This is why teams keep asking and keep talking. And that's why we don't, you know, we don't have anything yet. And perhaps I should have done that on the locked on NBA mock draft. Uh, we'll, I'll talk about uh, my selections there. 
So I picked Zach Collins with the 15th pick. And then the trade that I had in the Locked On Mock Draft, the Dallas Mavericks proposed a trade with me. Um, they asked for Crab and 15. I said Crab and 20 for Wesley Matthews. In hindsight, that was probably giving them a little too much for Wesley Matthews. I thought Crab for Wes Matthews in general was a good swap. The pick probably a little too much for Wes Matthews in hindsight. But it saved the Blazers about $18.5 million in the final year of Crab's deal because Wes's deal is one year shorter. Yes, Wes is older, but I think he brings that attitude defensively that the Blazers in general lack. And I, I it's something that they need. And I just think they need you know some defensive-oriented guys around Damon CJ, barring the addition of a superstar like a Paul George. But... Um, and I, and I think that getting a little extra defense on the margins, having guys that are just dedicated to that side of the game, uh, I, I think is really the, the, the biggest need for, for the Blazers in this off season is to get guys that, uh, can help complement Damon CJ and help take the load off of them and, and, and have a, a defense first mentality. And another thing I forgot to mention in the Paul George hypotheticals is if he came, he would be the best defender on the team by far. So that, that that's another thing with Paul George that w- would really help the Blazers. Um, so I traded crab in the mock in the fake mock draft uh, for Wesley Matthews. And I traded a pick probably a little too much to give him. I will say, however, uh, we did keep the 26th pick, and with the 26th pick, the Portland Trailblazers took Jordan Bell from Oregon, who was still around at 26 in our draft. It it's uh, it, it seems like he's not going to be around there, though, from all of the, the, the buzz about him in all these workouts. Uh, NBADraft.net called him the best defensive player in this draft. He worked out for the Blazers yesterday and said that it was one of his best workouts. He knows that what he does fits what Portland needs. And obviously, being uh, being an Oregon Duck myself, I watched him a lot this year. Was really impressed with how he was always able to step up in the big moments with big defensive plays, big rebounds, finishes around the basket. Uh, His jumper needs a lot of work if he's going to play you know, some small ball, if he's going to play like four in the league, for instance, but I think he could also be a small ball five rim protector, a guy that just is all over the place. And, uh, he was in for a workout. Uh, seems like, uh, a lot of teams are excited about him and the Blazers finally had him in for a workout. We had been waiting for that. And, uh, it makes me feel even better about picking Jordan Bell at 26 in the locked on mock draft. But, as I mentioned, it uh, he may not be there in in real life because the the buzz around him is is getting really hot, and I've seen more I've seen multiple stories from multiple markets where he's worked out and people are talking about him and raving about him. So Jordan Bell, the hype continues to grow, and I took him at twenty six in the locked on mock draft. So much crazy NBA news that we didn't even get to today. The Cavs fired their GM or part ways with their GM, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Dan Gilbert being ridiculous uh, and not paying David Griffin, who made a lot of great trades to get talent around LeBron James. 
like the Mozgov deal, the Shumpert and J.R. Smith deals, uh, and, and he's no longer going to be with the Cavs after he was allegedly trying to make a deal with the Bulls and another team for Jimmy Butler. I mean, there were Jimmy Butler rumors were going crazy yesterday. Uh, obviously, we we talked about all the Paul George stuff that, that, that that's happening. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic was in town as well. He was in town at, at, at the workouts yesterday, said he was so excited to uh, too excited to get back to Portland for the season because of how excited he is. Gotta love hearing that. How the enthusiasm from Nurkic. I, I I don't know if he was that excited in Denver, and I wonder how that makes Denver fans feel. But uh, you know, so much NBA news happening. It's going to continue to happen. I'm sure we're going to have more than two podcasts this week uh, than our you know that's our normal amount during this time right now. But there's so much news. I think we're going to have to come back one more time. So. Uh, thank you for listening to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are going to be done for this episode, but we're going to be back more times this week. It is draft week. It is lit in the NBA. Turn your notifications on for Woj, Mark Stein, David Aldridge, all those guys. And uh, keep it locked on Blazers, of course. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, wherever you can get podcasts. If you could leave us a five-star review, leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want to tweet at me, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. That's Eric with a K, Gunderson with an E. And follow the podcast at LockdownBlazers at gmail.com. We'll be back again before the draft. And we'll see you 